Pete and, Pete and Keith, birthday man. Hey, did you, did you write that? Did you? No. Uh, yeah, man, that's beautiful. A new song. I haven't heard that one before, so I was like, man, I was just checking. You guys are writing a lot of new songs and stuff. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but we got a lot of, like, you guys are, I was like, is that, a, is that one you guys wrote? So like, he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, the, yeah, the stuff you guys write is better anyway, so it's all good. It's all good. So. How's everybody doing, man? New City Church, man. What? Beautiful morning, man. It's supposed to be like almost 60 degrees today. I think, uh, Cindy, I think you're right. I think it's just, uh, you know, hot flashes. Somebody said hot flashes uh, for the weather. Yeah, it's just weird, right? So uh, today's one of those hot flashes, I guess. So it's going to be cold next week. So you, know, you, you, ever, you ever meet those kind of people that just say, oh, yeah, it's a beautiful day, but it's going to get ugly? You know, I was like, oh, man, I don't know about that. So, But, uh, man, we are uh, on the cusp of spring. I think there's another week. Are you tired of the snow? Yeah, but half of us was like, no, and half of us was like, yeah. I'm one of those guys that's, that's, uh, that's kind of tired of the snow, but I'll take whatever God gives because this has not been too bad of a uh, too bad of a winter or anything like that. But, but man, I am uh, I am really really jazzed about you know we've got some leaders that are going to meet uh, here uh, after the second service, and we've got so many cool things that are happening that are just behind the scenes that are that are that are just just rolling. Uh, with a lot of things. So I appreciate all the prayers that we've had, man, because God has called us in 2022, and we are always going to do this, but everything we do is going to be geared around this, and it is to reach the lost. God has said it. Now, we're always going to do it, but for some reason, God said a couple of years ago to take a season of rest. Uh, Last year, he said for the leadership to wake up, rise up, and to do his work. And we have seen uh, our leadership grow from five people to to, uh, 17 people now. And which has been incredible. And we're all going to meet this afternoon uh, here in a little bit. And this year, he said for us to reach the lost. You have rested. You have prepared. You have put things in place. Now you can reach those who I have called uh, as my sheep. Amen. And one of the things that we're, we're figuring out, I want to share with you a graphic that we're, we're, we're looking at each week. But uh, what I love the, about this graphic is that God is already doing his work. Like he said, for us to reach the lost, guess what? God doesn't need us to do that. God needs us to be obedient to him, to find out what he's blessing, to to be in tune with him and walk in step with him, not ahead of him, not behind him, but but with him. And so he is going to reach the lost with or without us. When I ask people to walk out of the the sanctuary today and to to look at that question that's on the wall as you walk out, it it is a question that says, will it be us? Because God is going to do his thing, but will it be us that he uses to do it with? Or will it be somebody else? Because we do have that, that choice to be, to be obedient with him. See, what's amazing about this graphic and about this seven realities of experiencing God is that, that he, des- like he definitely wants a, a relationship with you and me. Which is kind of weird to me, honestly, because here's the creator of the universe, the alpha, the omega, the the beginning and the end, the king of all kings, wants to have a relationship with you and with me. It just seems weird to me, but that's the kind of God that we serve and love. He he not only only, uh, creates us and saves us, but, but genuinely loves you and me and wants to have a relationship with you. Anybody else find that odd? Yes or no? No, no lying in church, right? Like seriously, think about the kind of God we serve. Every other quote-unquote little G God that's out there, you got to do stuff to get to that God. 
right? You gotta, you gotta do works or you gotta do uh, some sort of service or you gotta do some sort of sacrifice. Not our God, he comes to us and does a sacrifice on our behalf. It's incredible, right? Just absolutely incredible. And he invites us to do the work with him that he is already doing and he will communicate with you and me through lots of, through his Holy Spirit, through either circumstances or uh, the Bible, reading the, like the scriptures themselves will, will help, help us to understand the, what God wants us to know and how he's communicating with us, with us prayer, and, and through uh, being in the church, being a part of a local body. So like what Judy was saying, we, we really want people to be reading the scriptures and we want people to be, but we want to know where we're at, right? Our, our, our goal is to have 80% of us reading on a daily basis, right? Those that, uh, that did the survey, we, we're looking at like around 60%, I understand. So we got a little work to do for those that did the survey. But I got a feeling those that didn't do the survey may not be reading as, as well. And what I want us to do is never miss the opportunity for God to communicate with us in absolutely every way. I've heard people say, and, and this is just part of being a pastor, but, but really it's part of being just a person that is out in the community doing regular, like I have a job outside of New City. I work full-time for New City, part-time for myself, right? I'm in houses all the time having spiritual conversations with people I've never met. And one of the common things that I hear people say is, like, I just don't know how to hear from God. Like, I don't know how to, I, like, I don't know how to communicate. So I'll ask them, do you read your scriptures? Well, no, I could do probably a better job of that. Are you part of a local body of believers? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a church home, but I'm not yet, right? Do you pray, right? I mean, when we miss some of those things, we're going to miss the voice of God because that's how he has chosen to communicate with his people through the Holy Spirit, amen. Just yesterday, I was over in Midtown, Kansas City. I asked uh, two people, I said, I got this buddy of mine. Some of you know Price, Pastor Price right, don't you? You got to know Pastor Price, right, over at the Raytown campus. So I'm over in Midtown, over in the Raytown area, and I'm like, I got this buddy of mine named Price right. They're like, that's a funny name, right? I said, you got to check out his church, man. He goes, I'm going to do that. Two people said they were going to do that. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm over in Lenexa area, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, a, like, a repair in this lady's apartment that she just moved in. And, I, and I'm like, I got a buddy of mine over here in Shawnee, like on 72nd and Quivira. Man, at New City Church, you ought to check it out. Dude, she freaking came. She went to church. I was like, I, nobody listens to me. It's amazing. I can't believe she actually did it. They called her like, hey, they said some maintenance man told her to come to this church, right? And then she got all mad. You didn't tell me you're one of the pastors. I'm like, well, you didn't ask. So. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah, man. I never tell people I'm a pastor anyway. But here's the thing. Are we going to step into reaching the lost? No matter, even if it's embarrassing, even if it's inconvenient, because when we do that, we are going to have a crisis of belief of what we talked about last week. Like there's going to be these changes. There's going to be an uncomfortable sentiment that we're going to have. There's going to be this, uh, this, uh, this kind of like, oh, man, should I, shouldn't I? I mean, I got uh, like to change some things, right? So what we're going to talk about this week is that we, are, we must make major adjustments to, to our lives to join God in what he's doing. Has anybody ever had to make an adjustment in their life to join God in what he is doing? Heck yes, right? Like our Pastor Pete, right? In the, like you, you found yourself in a gutter, right? Looking up at God saying, what the heck is going on here, right? That's a major adjustment. There are adjustments in thinking. There are adjustments in our, finance, our finances. There are adjustments in our habits and our schedules. There are adjustments in our work. 
There are adjustments in absolutely every area that you could think of that if we do these things, if we're going to go on mission with God, we got to make adjustments to our life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What we're going to find is that God says to go. Amen. Great Commission, Matthew, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. He says, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to be obedient to everything I've commanded you to do. We are not to stay. We are a sent people. Now, it doesn't mean we're here and got to go. He's saying, wherever you go, make disciples. It's God's initiative. He has taken the initiative to do it. Like I said, he's doing the work already. He is going to reach and is reaching his people with or without you and me. He simply is inviting us because he desires this incredible, beautiful relationship. And with that, what we have to be is a living sacrifice. And notice I said, we have to be a living sacrifice. It's not, you have to be a living sacrifice, and you have to be a living sacrifice, and I have to be a living. We have to be a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is very clear. It says, to offer your bodies, plural, as a living sacrifice. We gotta be making room for God's work. These are things that, Jim is going to be going through even deeper tonight at five, but we got to make room for God's work. Like it's, it's not just, okay, God, now you got to do all the work. And God's like, I'm already doing it. You want to join me? You got to make the adjustments. You got to make the room. You got to go. You got to be the one, right? And here's the thing that we got to understand. If we have God in us, if the Holy Spirit is consuming us and we're in him and he's in us, no one can stop you. This is an incredible, beautiful thing that that when we start thinking about this kind of stuff, like now you can stop yourself. Like don't don't think you don't think because you're on mission with God, you can't stop yourself. If you let circumstances, if you let the enemy get after you, if you let relationships get in the way, if you let old habits get in the way, yeah, you can stop yourself, absolutely. But no one can stop you if you're in him and he's in you. And you have said yes. To the, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to join him in the mission, amen. We, who's with me, New City? Are we? Paul is one of those guys. If you don't know who Paul is, Paul is a guy who was a what we call a Pharisee. And a Pharisee is somebody who uh, was a very religious person. He's a Jew, like Jewish, but very, like a hierarchy of, of the Jewish of Jews, they, a Hebrew of Hebrews, if you will. Somebody that that grew up doing all kinds of uh, festivals and ceremonial things, uh, like 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 you name it. Every every person that was Jewish, uh, especially of the Pharisees, everybody got circumcised and things like that. We're going to talk about circumcision a little bit here, but I've got a video of you of a uh, circumcision here in a second. Can you guys play that? No. Oh, you refuse. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry about that. That was just wrong. That was just wrong. People were like, you should see your faces. It was like, are you serious? No. But, but these are the things that had to be done if you were a, a, a godly person. If you were going to approach God in any way, you had to do all these things. Jesus comes along, comes on the scene, and from his very first public ministry sermon, the Sermon on the Mount says something incredible. He says, I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets, which is the Old Testament. I came to fulfill them. 
So he is the fulfillment of all these things. And yet there was this struggle in the early church that when non-Hebrews came into faith of Jesus, the Hebrews would say, well, you got to do this and you got to do this and got to do this, right? You got to be circumcised and you got to eat this and not eat that. And you got to do this on these days and that kind of thing too. Now, I am not opposed to Christians doing any of those things, but Paul is saying, don't impose those things on other Christians, right? Let them, let them into the fold. And he says, Jew, Greek, slave, free, doesn't matter. You're a part of the body. And so he writes to the church at Philippi, and he says in, uh, in, in chapter 3, we're going to go through the whole chapter, going to take a pause in Galatians 2, because he's very serious about these things. But you think about, as we're reading this, think about the adjustments that Paul had to make to become a follower of Jesus, to, to, from, go, to go from being a murderer of Christians to a follower of Jesus and a brother of these same Christians. Now, at the same time, think about the, all the adjustments that those Christians had to make knowing what Paul did. Like, this is an incredible thing. So to be on mission with God, there were some very real dangers of trusting a guy like Paul to be in their midst because Paul you killed my granddaddy you understand like these are real things Paul you hurt my family and now you want to join us but God's doing his work right and so we got to make those adjustments I mean a lot of people think man I got to make adjustment in my schedule these people had to put their lives at risk to be able to make the adjustments that they needed to make and Paul writes to the church at Philippi, and he says in verse 1 of chapter 3, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a protection for you. Watch out for, for dogs. These are unbelievers. These are people that are, that are going to come in and try to pounce them. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. Am I, am I getting some feedback or something? Are we, am I hitting something? Where I, I feel like I'm... Hearing something bounce. Sorry about that. Could be just my reverb. <laughs> that booming voice we got, right? I'm, get, I'm telling you, man, I want one of those steps. When I say something, I'm like, behold, no, 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 no. Do it again, Tony. I love you guys so much. This, this church is ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of which, watch out for evil workers. <laughs> watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the, one who's, the ones who serve by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I once had confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. So listen to Paul's. Paul almost sounds sometimes arrogant, but he's so confident in who Jesus is. He's like, I was, I, was a, I was better at religion than anybody. Check this out. Circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is the law, is, that is in the law, blameless. He goes, I had it all, guys. He is so, and he's about to embark on this, like, like understanding the, 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 
the, the judicial administration, the justice that, that Jesus puts for everybody, he's about to lay down the law. Even wrote to the church at, at Galatia about this very same thing. This was something that was very common that the Hebrews were struggling with. And he, he lays down the law in Galatians 5 about circumcision specifically. By the way, this is one of my favorite scriptures of all time. It shows sarcasm and humor that Paul had. By the way, there's a lot of funny stuff in Scripture, and there's a lot of sarcasm in Scripture. Did you know that? A lot of people think it's about, this is a great life lesson. Actually, there's some people that get made fun of and called names that don't do it the way that God says to do it through Jesus. Here's what Paul said in Galatians 5, 11 through 12. Now, brothers, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. So if you got to do that, if that has to be that way, then Jesus died for nothing, right? I wish those who are disturbing you might also get themselves castrated. That's fantastic. You're going to cut a little bit off and that's really spiritual? Cut it all off. <laughs> Paul's hysterical. I love this guy. Verse 7 of Philippians 3. But everything that was a gain to me I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth. This is a translation of the word rubbish. A translation of the word animal excrement. I consider everything a steaming pile of animal crap compared to the surpassing glory of Christ. Isn't that awesome? There is some coarse language. There is sarcasm. There is humor and all kinds of things in the word of, of God. I love it so much, man. So that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal, listen to this, guys, is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, highlight this, neon lights on what I'm about to say, because this is so crucial and so, so important for so many of us to understand this. Forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Whoo! Forget it. We started watching a show yesterday called Ted Lasso. Just started watching. It's got a little, it's, yeah, it's, it's, about a, it's about a guy that's so nice to everybody, he just wins everybody over, you know. But he's, he becomes a coach of a soccer team. And he says, I forget, he, he tucks, so the, the guy makes a bad, bad play in practice. And, 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 and he's like, oh, man, you know, he goes, hey, come over here, come over here. What's the, what's the, what's the best uh, best animal on the planet or something like that he goes I don't know coach he goes goldfish they got a 10 second memory be a goldfish right I love that just watched it last night didn't even plan to put that in thought it was cool 
In any case, wait, oh, I'm sorry. Therefore, 15, thank you. Therefore, all who are mature should think this way. Here's another bit of sarcasm that's coming about. I love this. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. <laughs> he said, you know, you should agree with me. And if you don't, God will fix you. It's awesome. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers, and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Wow. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things, but our citizenship is, is in heaven. Do you hear what he just said there? They're focusing on earthly things, but our citizenship is... Guys, this is a pattern you'll see absolutely everywhere. Isaiah, my God, your thoughts are not man's thoughts. Your thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. Right? I say repeat this quite a bit. Jesus says, guys, come back out of the, out of the uh, mission field. And they're like, Jesus, even the demons submit to us in, in your name. He's like, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Don't rejoice in those things. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. There's a pattern here that if we keep ourselves up here thinking heavenly thoughts as our citizenship is, we're not going to get freaked out and distracted and pulled away by the things of the world. Paul writes to the, to, I think it's Timothy, that says a, a soldier should not be concerned with civilian affairs. Yet I see so many Christians doing this and getting pulled away and yanked away and confused. That's why I'm really excited about relatives because there's a lot of those things we're going to go over over the next few weeks, right? Their end is their destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven from which we, eat, we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. He will transform the body of our humble condition. Notice he's saying our, not mine. This is a collective thing, a living sacrifice that we are to be. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject, to subject everything to himself. And all God's people said, Dude, this is powerful stuff, right? Think about the adjustments Paul and the early church had to make just to join Jesus, just to join in what God is doing. It is incredible to think this pattern would not be something that we would have to do again in modern times, right? Oh, that was written a couple thousand years ago. It doesn't really apply. It absolutely applies. Absolutely every word of it. Every dotted I and every cross, cross T does. So here's what I want you to do this week. Take some time, you know, and, and, and as we have been asking each week, ask ourselves, what is the most meaningful scripture I read this week? And by the way, you've got to read scripture to, to even answer that question, right? And why? Why was it so powerful to you? Why did that, did that, did that Galatian verse stand out to me so much years ago? Why did the, the, the verses in Isaiah he talks about the favor that God brings to people and gives to people that are humble and, and submissive in spirit and those who tremble at his word. Why, why does it do that? Is it because I want to, hey, that's a good thing to teach, or is it, God, I got I to gotta learn how to obey you more, right? Is it something that 
that you look at from the standpoint of, I want to I wanna, uh, do this and I want to put a God spin on it, or is it something I've got to learn to be obedient to Jesus more because I love him? Amen. Second question. What has been the most significant adjustment or, or shall I say even sacrifice in my life? What is it? And have I done it for God or have I done it for, for me? Because I know a lot of people that make a lot of adjustments in their life to do things for themselves, right? By the way, I am that guy. And God tore so much away from Judy and me because of my selfish ambition over the years. Because he's calling me to do something, to join him in some things. And I was like, I got my own thing, I'm cool, right? He will, he will come after you, right? And you can resist. I mean, I promise you, you can. And you can continue to fight and continue to, to do those things. But like we said last week, there is no plan B. Because in 100, this is great news, 100 years from now, we're all going to be dead. Hallelujah, right? That's not very positive. No, I'm positive. We're all going to be dead, right? What then? What then? What are we striving for? What are we looking for? Only Christ, exactly. That's got to be the goal that we have, right? Amen? Let's strive in this together. Let's figure out, hey, I've already made sacrifices in my life. What if I actually started making the sacrifices and adjustments in my life to do what God has called me to do? Will it be us? Father, we love you. And we thank you that you have given your word and you've given so much um, that we can see and that we cannot see. There are things going on in the heavenly realm, Lord, the, 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 the battles and the, the fight for, our, for us is going on without us even knowing. Thank you for that, God. And we're thankful, Lord, that you have given us your word, we've given us your Holy Spirit, you've given us your church, and you've given us circumstances so that we can fully understand as much as we possibly can your will for our lives. May we, be, may we listen, Lord. May we make the adjustments necessary to join you in what you're doing. And may you show us how to do that both individually and collectively as a church. We thank you. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, love you guys.